Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Qatar School Report. In this week's episode, I'm going to be looking at the benefits of handwriting your notes versus typing them out on a computer or any other device for that matter. So whether that's an iPad or a phone, believe it or not, I've had some students who've tried or insisted on writing notes on a phone. Um, This episode has been inspired actually um, by a conversation that I had recently myself with a student. So I asked students to handwrite some notes or to take notes on an article. um, And the purpose of that was they were going to write an essay And um, although sometimes I allow them to do research on the laptop, on this particular occasion, I said, no, I want you to write the notes. Okay, so this particular student put up his hand and said, but why, you know, and asked if he could take his laptop out. And he said, oh, well, it's it's much better if I do it on the laptop. He said, "Uh, my notes are, are neater. I can write faster. So in every way, it's much better. And I said, yeah, but you're not learning as much. So for note-taking, whether that's for preparing for an essay or studying or whatever the case may be, the handwritten method works best. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Okay, yeah, if you want to submit your final essay and you want it to look neat, the laptop wins hands down for sure. But, you know, um, many people really question the whole idea of whether handwritten notes are actually still relevant today. So we're going to take a look at that in more detail. Now, the particular research that we're going to look at uh, was published in Psychological Science, and the details will be available in the notes of this podcast. And two researchers looked at university-level students. So if you look look around a university lecture hall, you'll see almost 100% use of laptops. You know, in every lecture and seminar, they're there taking notes. And uh, secondary schools, which is my, you know, where I work and what I have experience of, secondary schools or high schools perhaps are not quite there yet in terms of 100% usage in class, but, you know, usage is increasing. So even in classroom-based activities, we're seeing laptops, iPads, etc. coming into to play. But what we need to know is, is it really the best thing for the student? And that's what I'm really concerned with finding out. Now, before we look at the results of this scientific study, let's define some parameters first. There are actually two types or two methods for taking notes, okay? So there's generative and non-generative note-taking. Generative note-taking is where the student is actually trying to paraphrase or summarize the information in some way. So they're trying to process that information and use their own words. And so often, they'll end up with shorter, more succinct notes. And the other way of doing it is called non-generative. That's where the student literally tries to copy down everything that the teacher or lecture is saying. So there are two different methods. We need to bear that in mind. And there are two theories as well behind why note-taking is actually useful. So the first theory is that the act of processing your notes, so that's paraphrasing, summarizing, trying to put them into some kind of order, that that actually is what enhances your learning and understanding. 
The second theory is that the act of looking at notes again or revising notes or even someone else's notes, which are nice and neat, um, helps you to understand material better because it's reminding you of that material. Okay, so the researchers um, gave the university students TED Talks to listen to, and then they observed what kind of notes the students took. And I can tell you straight off what they found is that those who had handwritten notes in general produced shorter notes. So these were generative notes. In other words, they were tending to summarize or paraphrase simply because they couldn't actually write everything down that the lecturer was saying. So they were forced to shorten their notes in some way, and they were forced, therefore, to process them more inside of their minds. Now, unsurprisingly, in general, those that took notes on a laptop uh, had longer notes. So that was indicating that they were non-generative. In other words, they were simply trying to copy everything that the lecturer said or what the, the person delivering the TED talk uh, was saying. And this is very interesting because they then went on to test the students' knowledge and understanding of what they'd been listening to. And what they found uh, is that questions that required simple recall of facts, so that's things like dates, names, places, in those cases, both camps performed equally well. However, when they asked a more conceptual question, something a bit more abstract, like, for example, how does Japan differ to Switzerland uh, in the organization of its society? Okay, I just made that up, but let's, let's run with that for a second. How does Japan differ to Switzerland in the organization of its society? Let's say that that was the conceptual question they were asked they found that those who had taken handwritten notes were much better at understanding concepts. They had a much deeper understanding of concepts and they outperformed their peers who had taken the notes on the laptop. Now, I find this very interesting indeed. Learning facts is definitely a part of learning. So, you know, whether that's dates, names, places, that's, that's a part of learning. But rarely in life am I put on the spot to recall those kind of facts. Normally what I'm asked to do is try and explain something, a concept, an idea, something abstract. It's much more useful. Think of a subject like history. You know, no one wants to know just the date that a king was born. They want to know what kind of king they were how they compared to other kings, how they ruled their country, how that differed to other nations. You know, so the implications for how you actually take your notes and record them is really, really important. Conceptual understanding, in my opinion as well, enables you to tackle questions that you might not have otherwise encountered before. So the fact that you've got hold of something you know, at the very core means that you can apply it to different learning situations, different questions that are maybe out of the box or slightly left of center. So for teachers and, you know, learning experts or whatever, um, they would much rather, I think, much rather have a student who has a conceptual understanding because facts can be memorized 
afterwards. Does that make sense? But if the student doesn't understand how something works or why it's come to be that way, you know, the foundational knowledge, then whatever else you build in that is going to be very, very shaky indeed. Now, in case you're still somewhat unconvinced, um, there's actually more to this story. Let's find out what the researchers did next. So after that initial study, they went on to do a second and a third study. Second time around, they told the laptop students, look, stop taking long notes. Don't try to record everything that the person in the TED talk is saying, but rather try and you know, summarize or paraphrase, shorten your notes in some way. And they hoped that this would encourage more processing, more generative note-taking to take place. But alas, it didn't actually cause the improvements that they expected. So they said, okay, let's do this a third time. And on the third occasion, they actually allowed the laptop note-takers to review their notes in between hearing the TED talk and sitting the test. Okay. And now we wonder, did that actually cause any improvement in their performance? Well, the answer is no, it didn't. So scientists at that stage, the two scientists in this study anyway, concluded that longhand or handwritten notes are leading to a better encoding of information. It's being stored in the brain much more efficiently. And it's leading to a much deeper and much better conceptual understanding of that information. So whenever I read this kind of paper, I always like to ask myself, what are the implications for me? Well, I think if, you know, for me, what I take from it is if I am speaking to my students as a teacher, I'm going to tell them, you know, taking notes on a laptop is not the way to go. Okay, or maybe you're listening to this and you're a parent. Yeah, you want to encourage your your children to use pen and paper as often as they possibly can. Even you, if you're not a student but you're in business or in the workplace and you've got a laptop, I would say, look, put it to one side when you're trying to get hold of a new concept or understand new information, and get out the old pen, dust off your pen and paper. So this is actually. Serious implications for everyday practice. Uh, Doesn't mean that we should go and throw our laptops and iPads in the bin and go back full time to pen and paper. Well, I think no, that would be unrealistic. I don't think we could achieve that. But what we should be trying to do is integrate the two technologies and get the best of both worlds. There are actually some devices out there that can turn your handwriting into text. Okay. There's one that I've heard of called Live Scribe. I'm not selling this. Okay. I'm not a representative. I've just heard of the name and I'm letting you know. I don't know where you can get it or the cost, but I do know that it will digitize your handwriting and turn it into text. It works through uh, character recognition. Um, You can then save it as a Microsoft Word document or a PDF so that you can access it at any time in the future. So that's pretty helpful. There are also good old scanning apps on your phone where you can scan your handwritten notes and then the app will turn it into text. And that's another way of doing the same thing. 
or you can just simply scan it and save it on your laptop as a JPEG or a PNG. That's just a photograph file uh, in the event that you lose your original paperback book. So what I would suggest is try and use the best of both worlds, both technologies. And, um, you know, so once you've taken handwritten notes and derived those learning benefits, those conceptual benefits, <laughs> by all means at that stage, then go ahead, digitize your notes, uh, type up your essay on your laptop, but only after you've, you've done the hard work and hard thinking with pen and paper. The clear message seems to be that the, at the initial stage of learning, when you're receiving new information and encoding it, and your brain is trying to make sense of it and store it in your, inside your little gray cells, you're much better off with a pen and paper in your hand, just like the good old days. Now, something else I wanted to mention, and I've talked about it before on the show, is that I am a big advocate of writing in the margins of books. And um, I should hasten to add, these are books that you own, not library books. I'm not suggesting anybody defaces library books. But, you know, it's strange. A culture has developed around uh, books. Uh, we think, oh, they're sacred. You know, we shouldn't write in the margins. We're ruining them. We're making a mess of our books. And as parents, we may, we may be told our kids off for writing in their books. But I think we're doing ourselves a bit of a disservice because when you're reading, you're kind of in that encoding stage. You're learning new information. And if you can combine that with some handwriting, you can actually develop um, a little bit of a conversation with the text. Okay, so as you're reading the book, any ideas that pop into your head, you can put them in the margin. Any questions that arise, pop them in the margin. Any kind of uh, thoughts you have for further research or other sources of information, put them into the margin. And uh, you can actually end up with a, a treasure trove of kind of thoughts and ideas and information that helps you to get more out of the book. It's like you're having a conversation with the text itself. Now, thanks to technology, a lot of us don't read paperback books anymore. So this is another challenge. It's most likely on a Kindle and uh, you can't write in the margin of your Kindle. So how can you combine the two technologies? Well, I would suggest that while you're reading your Kindle, you have a book, yeah, pen and paper beside you and anything that pops into your mind, you make a note of the page number and you write down the thought, the idea or the question that you had in relation to that page number. So there's one further trick up Kindle's sleeve. Kindle actually allows you to integrate your notes with the Kindle app itself. So let's take your handwritten notes that you've judiciously, you know, kind of written down and, and thought about and considered. What you could do as a further step is to go back to the Kindle app and add notes into the pages. So you convert your handwritten notes back into short uh, text notes. So you type them in 
And what Kindle will do is it will keep everything synced up so your notes will be synced with each page. You'll see a little, I think it's a yellow outline for notes. So anywhere you've taken a note, that can be saved inside that book. Okay, so you never lose it. And Kindle also has the ability to allow you to export those notes as one whole file, which again is really, really useful. So yeah, it's just another way, I think, of integrating the best of both worlds. Now, you might say to yourself, oh, that sounds like a bit of a faff. Um, but actually, I would I would argue that if you've taken handwritten notes and then you type them back into the Kindle app, what you're actually doing is you're getting another opportunity to process or to filter or to think about that information. And that can be a really, really important step in understanding difficult information and understanding concepts even on an even deeper level and actually interacting even more with that book. Now, depending on how important the book is, so I would say, you know, a crime thriller would be low importance. It's not something you'd want to do. But a textbook or uh, certainly a text that you have to know inside out for like English or or history or whatever the case may be, this would be a really good way of organizing and filtering your notes and really squeezing the juice, the knowledge, the, the ideas, the concepts out of that book so that you're really au fait with that information. Well, as always, I hope that what I've shared here today has been interesting or thought-provoking. And uh, what I would encourage you to do is if you're a new listener to the show, go back and listen to the previous episodes and see if you can find anything there that appeals to you. In the meantime, look out for our next broadcast when I hope to bring you more thoughts, ideas, and interviews in the world of education. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.